Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 94, Furious 7, Lap 6. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by W Motors. The first hypercar created by W Motors, the Lycan Hypersport, catapulted the company to international stardom when it took center stage and Universal Studios Furious 7. It was featured Ooh. as the hero car in the movie and is the most expensive car ever to be featured in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Is the Lycan Hypersport, is that the car that they jump from building to building? Yes. yes. Do we each have a Lycan Hypersport now in our driveways? <laughs> we might. We might. Look outside. Ooh. I mean, we have, uh, my, my driveway is not big enough to have an entire lap for of car dealership sponsors, but I'm going to, you know, not going to look a literal gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, you can't, you can't keep it. You can't keep this beast caged. It's a shame. I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> exactly. So welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we've got a wonderful guest to talk about Furious 7. I'm assuming he's wonderful. We have not recorded the outro yet, the back half yet, no. but I'm assuming, I mean, everybody we bring on here is great. It's, you know, no, through no fault of our own it's just people are cool like people we find people people who like these movies are cool people i think i think so too but yeah so that'll be furious 7 after the break but first joe extracurricular activities what have you been up to since we did gone in 60 seconds we know you teased it on the last episode before the 90 day had a finale? What show had a finale? No, it, it almost was the finale. We're still... we. They don't really tell you, like, when Liar. the finale's... I know. It, they don't really tell you when the finale's coming. I mean, it's getting messy. You know, everybody's, like, either could be, like, never talking to this person again or getting married immediately. Did I tell you the story about, like, last time, like, how, like, the last episode went? Maybe. I have no idea. Old guy. He's, like, 50, 60. And he's been chatting with this Ukrainian girl. But to talk to her, he has to use this, like, special chat app that he has to pay every time he's on the chat app and oh, she said <laughs> yeah and she says she only wants to use this chat app because it has a translator in it and it like translates in between so she'll be like hey baby or like in ukrainian he'll be like hey i love you so much you know and it just like tra- auto translates but he pays every time he's talking to her through the whole season like he- he's now on his fifth time He's gone to the Ukraine to meet this girl. Three other times, like, she was, like, sick or, like, she was busy. Like, he's, like, flying from America to go to Ukraine. He comes back, like, the last time. This is the beginning. And so they're engaged at this point. No, no, they're not. They're not. This is before the 90 days, so he's just, like, going to go... (sighs) He's going to propose to her. But she was... She missed him last time. What do you mean she missed him? He flew to the Ukraine and she wasn't there? Yeah, she just, like, didn't meet up. She was like, I'm busy. I got other stuff to do, so... Oh, what the (laughs) fuck? Okay. Yeah, so... I hate this show so much. (laughs) He comes back and he's like, well, she, like, didn't meet up with me, so, like... He's like, I'm gonna hire a private investigator, right? So he hires a private investigator because, like, his friend is also married to, like, a Ukrainian lady, and she's like, look, dude, you're getting scammed. Like, you're definitely getting scammed. Like, you paid, he's paid almost $200,000 just to chat with this girl for seven years, okay? Like, no, he's like, I'm gonna get this private investigator. And the private investigator's like, dude, you're getting scammed. I found this profile on, like, ten other websites. The girl's the same. You know, a lot of these girls do this. They're just scammers. Like, that's what's happening. He's like, and he gets, like, angry 
at the private investigator. He's like, no, you're like not leaving me any chance that she's real. And he's like, because she's not real. And he's like, no, like she's real. So he goes back to the Ukraine. He's like, I'm going to go one more time. It's the fifth time. (laughs) So he's back in the Ukraine again. He's like, okay, like I'm going to go see her. Like if she doesn't show up, like it's over. And and the producers are like, you think she's going to show up? Like like, it's to the point where like the producers are like in the show. You know what I mean? They're like, really, bud? Like you think she's going to show up? And he's like, yeah, man. Like I told her, meet me at this like square at 11 o'clock. And he's like looking at his watch. And he's like, oh, it's only like 11.15. She might be a little late. It's okay. This bitch actually shows up. It's the same girl from the pictures. It was literally her talking to him. Was she actually in love with him or no? Uh, We don't know yet. That's just like how the episode goes. Like they're like now like meeting for the first time. They're like, why didn't you go meet him before? And she's like, didn't want to. (laughs) Like That was it. Like that's her answer. Yeah. She's like, you know, he was like, they're like, you know, he was here like six months, like three, six months ago. Right. And she's like, yeah. That was, like, the big, mind-blowing part of this season so far. Cool. It's not the finale yet, yeah. There was a, like, there's, like, another girl, like, there's a Russian girl that was, like, dating this guy from Tennessee. He proposed to her, right? And she's like, I don't think it's a good time right now. I think that I need to, like, think on this a little bit more. I really like you, and I want to keep, like, being with you, but, like, I don't think on this. And he just, like, flips and is like, no, she turned me down. She rejected my proposal. And we're all like, bro, like, that's not what she said at all. So he goes home and he's like, fuck her. We're done. She rejected my proposal. And he goes and, like, starts dating this girl at home. And then at the end of this episode, she just shows up in Tennessee. She was just like, surprise. And the other girl's at her house and they almost get into a fight. That's how that episode ended. Huh. But okay. The Ukrainian thing really blew my mind. Like, I didn't believe this guy at all. We were talking mad shit all season. Like, she's not real at all. But yeah. She was real. Okay. I hate that it gives people hope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're being catfished, you're like, but there is a chance. Remember that episode of 90 Day? Like, you might actually be talking to this person. It's like, no, you're not. I don't know how they, like, fake this for TV, but you're not. I mean, maybe she's taking one for the team for all the other catfishers out there. She's like, okay, I'm going to be real. <laughs> Because it's going to make all of your lives easier. Yeah, maybe. She's just a super good Samaritan, just holding all the other girls down. Or she could be in love with this guy. I mean, that's probably not the case, but you never know. Some of them are definitely in love, but most of them seem like they're just like very much tolerating this because they really want to come to America, and this is the only way they can do it. And and like, I respect the hustle, because they're like, yeah, man, I'm trying to get to America. Uh, I don't think I've done anything since last time of any kind of significance, Uh, but what else did you do? Have you done anything else? I know you watched a a particular movie that I told you to watch. Oh, yes. Okay, two things that I watched. I watched like seven parts of The Last Dance. Okay, so you're you're way ahead of me, like I said, like I predicted. Yeah, I mean, like I got drunk and watched it. It's excellent. I really liked it, but I was drinking a lot while watching it, so like I, I couldn't tell you everything that happened specifically, but I'm like, oh, this was very enjoyable as I'm watching it, so I'm into that. And I watched a great movie recommendation that you gave me. Did we talk about it on the last episode or like after it? I mentioned it on the last episode. I didn't tell anything about it. It's Miracle Mile. I told you to watch it. Yes. We told Wes to watch it. I told other people to watch it. You've passed it along. You've paid it forward. To my friend. Uh, it's all from my friend Bob, because yep. he said, you know, pass it forward like a chain letter. Yep. I told Jordan to watch it. I don't know that Jordan's watched it yet, but it's getting out there. Dude, it is just a blast. It's like, it has all the fun 80s tropes that I love. Like, no spoilery stuff, but Goose from Top Guns in it, who's also the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, which I didn't know until I was watching this movie. 
I was like, oh, it's the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. And you're like, it's Goose from Top Gun. And I was like, are those two guys the same guy? And it's a like, real Braga. It's the same situation. It's like, oh, no, that's the guy from Training Day. Oh, no, that's the guy from Breaking Bad. Oh, no, it's the same guy. It's Braga. <laughs> exactly. Bubba Gump is in it. Yeah, McKelty Williamson. It's a wild ride. It's fun. It's an hour and a half. I told my buddy who loves, like, 80s action movies about it. He was, like, you know, 30 minutes into it, just like, this is awesome. It might be one of my favorite American movies ever. It's, it's a great ride. It was a great recommendation. I thank you for it because I, it I found it really enjoyable. And Rachel was um, finishing up Dom's Charger Lego set, and she was glued to the TV and watching it as well, which is always a good cool. sign, right? Like, yeah, and she did finish the Lego. I know you put it on Twitter and such. Yeah, so it's so cool. Much torque, the chassis twisted, all coming off the line. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to hear you do it. I don't think she was like trying to like speed do it, but it took her like two or three days of just like you know, like only when I would be like home from work and stuff like that. So. I would say it probably took her, like, six hours total. All right. It's not like it's, like, super hard or anything. She, like, puts the stickers on. She, like, gets a beer. Just does it nice and slow. So it's definitely worth it because, like, I've seen her put together the smaller ones that she could blow through them in, like, a half an hour, right? So. Well, there was something that, what was it, Brian Supra is they need your support. Like, they want to make sure they want to make it, but they don't have, I guess, they don't know if enough people are going to buy it or something. Lego does this, and Matt sent it to us, that, like, you can come up with, like, a Lego design, and it's kind of, like, crowdsourced like if everybody votes that they want this design they'll you know consider making this design but i think that brian super is pretty much like the next logical choice right like if they just ink the deal with universal they released dom's charger i mean either that or 1327 with a uh refrigerator filled with snapples oh god oh god can you imagine if we had 1327 and you had to put like all these little like horse pictures up the stairs horse pictures and candles and snapples (laughs) just everywhere (laughs) yeah I love it. That would be awesome. You Pile should, of microwaves should... out back. <laughs> the basketball hoop on the garage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want 1327 and I want a garage. I want two separate pieces. And then there's like the barbecue set. You get like the table and like the grill that's an oil drum. And like you get some other stuff. Like all the little guys. Dude, we have a whole set planned. This could be a whole theme park. Oh, of course. I mean, they know who to consult. Yeah, exactly. We got the Lego expertise. We got the Fast and Furious expertise. We've got the free time. We've got the passion. <laughs> Exactly. Pay us in Legos. Pay us in Legos, please. Yeah. Did I tell you that the thing that, like, we looked it up, and at the end of Lego Masters, like, one of the prizes was, like, your Lego gets put in the new uh, Lego theme park. And do you know where it is? Oh, uh, Universal Studios? No, they're putting one in New York right at the fucking Jets Stadium. It's, like, in the same parking lot. So, in New Jersey? Y- yeah. Thank you. I urge you to respect the state that I live in. I do. I didn't mean it anything bad. It just... They're still the New York Jets, the New York Giants. So my dad always gets crazy. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know why, but he goes crazy when like the Giants game is on like Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football, and then they show like the New York skyline. He's like, it's not New York, (laughs) you know? What are you gonna show? Downtown Newark? Okay. Exactly. Like when you see the Prudential Center and it's just like downtown Newark and you're like, oh, that looks weird. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. Well, we have a Patreon page here on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. If you want stickers, merchandise, swag, our eternal love and affection, our access to our minute document, our Fast and Furious quiz, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson. Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, mm. Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, and Christian Larson. Thank you, for guys. For supporting us over there. Thank you all so very much. Appreciate it. It is. We also have an email address on the show, family at cageclub.me, if you want to write in, uh, if you want to say hi, family at cageclub.me. So we got a couple different things. Since we recorded, Hector sent in two more car pictures. Oh, God. Because Hector keeps sending in car pictures, so thank you, Hector. Thank you. Jerry also sent in a car picture, so we've got another one of those. 
The first email we have up that I'm going to read is from Jason Dickinson, subject line, The Fast Saga. What's up, Jason? How's it going, buddy? New ranking of The Fast Saga. So he has, from the bottom up, eight Fast and Furious, which was the same thing. Number seven, The Fate of the Furious, which dropped from him... For four to seven, that's a serious drop. I hope we didn't. I hope we didn't influence that too much. Number six, Tokyo Drift, up one. Okay. Number five, Fast and Furious six, up one. Number four, Fast Five, up one. Number three, The Fast and the Furious, still the same. Okay. Number two, Furious Seven, still the same. And number one, Too Fast, Too Furious. So it looks like eight fell a couple spots, and the other three benefited from it. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, Too Fast is his favorite one. That's awesome. Yeah. I forget that. Yeah. He's really hoping it out. All time or tonight. Too Fast is fun, man. We love it. So then we had a uh, a first time occurrence on Patreon. Jerry Robinson edited their pledge to $5. He says, why don't we kick it up a nickel or more like a tier? Decided to go up to $5. So Jerry went from $1 to $5. So Jerry, we got stickers on the way out to you very shortly. But in your name in the next in the intro. Actually, let's let's run it back. Let's run, run it, it back. back run it again. back. Add them up. Let's do it. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, oh. Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of a high school slumber party, Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson. Oh, man. For supporting us to the $5 level or above. Thank you all so very much. I truly do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. I can't wait till we've it's never like... had it. We've never had a tier edit like that before. No, I think maybe Justin did. Oh, wait. No, we've had it a lot. We've had three. Jake, Alex, and Nick all did it. There you go. See? Exactly. Uh, next email from Alex Ellen. Do you think Fast and Furious Minute was Mia's nickname for Brian? Oh! He says, we're finally to the point where I can reference this tweet from five years ago, and he tweeted on June 27th, 2015, at 2.40 p.m., Mia Toretto puts out on the first date. Oh, but I mean, it's not... I mean, this is their first official date, but he's been courting her for, for months. Yeah, but... Hey, I, I mean, no shade. It's not like it's like the first time they made eye contact. He's been... You know how many shitty tuna sandwiches he ate? He's been hanging really out at the bad. garage. He's met her family. They've had dinners together. This is just the first date. Official date. Yeah, but still. I mean, his tweet's not incorrect. That's it's all not incorrect. We also don't know yet. This is the minute we, we cut to the racer's edge. We'll get to that when we get to that. But we cut to the racer's edge. We see him wake up his phone rings but we did not see mia yet so the next minute we will know that mia officially no maybe they just snuggled who we didn't see a body i didn't see see penetration not leaving that in i'm not leaving that (laughs) (laughs) that is who boy maybe i'll bleep that it wasn't that bad to be honest that's not something that was like that vulgar our final email today from west hampton subject line gone in 60 seconds and some other stuff probably i really can't keep it straight anymore what up fam what up Wes? neither can we bud he's like are you doing gone in 60 seconds tonight i was like no we already did that that's coming on Friday. We're doing Fury 7 now, so it really is the pre-tape call-in show. Okay, so he says, <laughs> I'm writing this on my phone in between screening people to come on site at work, so hopefully I'll get through it quickly, but it'll probably take hours. The Italian Job episode was great. I've heard a lot of good things about how good the original is, so maybe I'll talk Mrs. West into watching it with me. We both really like the remake, so it shouldn't be too hard. Anyway... On with my notes. Did Rachel watch original Italian Job or original Gone? You watched Italian Job with her. Did she watch Gone and 60, the original, or no? Yeah, she watched both. I actually stopped the Italian Job, came home, and was like, let's restart this because I think right, you enjoyed this that. movie. The Gone in 60 Seconds was like, I don't think she cared about it all. But did she? But she liked the Italian Job. Yeah, she liked the Italian Job. I watched, maybe I watched like half of Gone in 60 Seconds and like didn't even try to restart it for her because I knew. Like about 30 seconds worth? Yeah. <laughs> 
In regards to our connection with Arizona, I lived there for a good part of my life up through my freshman year in high school. Then I moved back for a couple years for college. Mrs. West was born in Ohio, but lived in Arizona from about a year and a half until we moved to Texas together when she was 21. We still go back and visit a lot, so we still have strong ties to the desert. I like the desert. I'm a big fan. That's where I'm going to go. We talked about it a little, but the reaction among Mrs. West and our friends was a bit mixed. I have to say... Oh, this is He's about talking Tulane about, Blacktop. Yeah, he watched yes. Tulane Blacktop. Wes told us that he was going to watch it because um, the people that he wanted to watch it with were fans of... They love the Beach Boys and love James Taylor. And he heard the episode and was like, okay, we'll watch the movie. And as I say, it was a really entertaining experience to watch it with them, and I think just about everyone liked the movie, but they weren't expecting a very quiet, awkward, arthouse film. Overall, say we mostly him. felt like you. It was good, but we were not in a rush to revisit it. I tried to warn him. He was like, I'm going to watch this with friends. And I was like, it's a very artsy film. <laughs> Like, just giving you a heads up. I'm not saying this in this situation, but that's the kind of movie that, like, with the wrong friends, you suggest to watch this movie, and, like, you don't get more movie recommendations. You know what I mean? Yeah, they take the sticks from you. You don't get the ox cord ever again. Hey, Wes, you want to watch Tulane Blacktop again? That worked out (laughs) real great. That's what I was thinking. And I didn't want to be like, bro, you might get banned for this. But, like, yeah. I mean, it's not that bad. It's just, like, this is, uh, if they're expecting one thing. Yeah. They're expecting a thing that with musicians are in it or a car movie or whatever, right? Like, that's why we tried, I tried to at least give it to him, like, just to let you know, it's, like, a very artsy film. So, like, I'm not swaying you from watching it, but just, like, send everybody in with the right mindset. He says, Joe, believe it or not, I was just talking to a friend yesterday about chicken parm with fettuccine alfredo on the side. I thought it was a common pairing because there's a local Italian chain here that we go to every once in a while that does it. I say it's a good combo. The white sauce mixed with the red sauce is a nice treat. But also, for the record, Joe, we know what Wes Wes thinks of food. I don't know that Wes is necessarily (laughs) the person you want in in your corner (laughs) to to back this up. Yeah, I don't think I need Wes's palate's affirmations for my... (laughs) If Wes is saying this is a good food combination, that's enough to say, like, oh, no, this probably should not be eaten by people. (laughs) Yeah, I might might have to reconsider. It's, like, not a common thing, but it's, like, an American Italian restaurant common thing. I don't know. I think maybe Olive Garden started it, and probably everybody else just, like, was doing what Olive Garden was doing or something. One of the first, ver- the very first sponsors of the show, the Olive Garden. Exactly. It's, like, a thing that, like, you would see in, like, Italian restaurants where the whole family has never actually been to Italy, but they're just, like, very proud of being Italian, but in America forever. That's what you would get. I, I like Italian-American food. I- it's just a different, it's a completely different experience than, like, Italian food, right? Like, and both are good, but they're just different. Sure. Uh, Wes says, I actually watched Gone in 60 Seconds, I'm assuming the original, and it was awesome. It was a little odd at first with the amount of voiceover exposition dumps, but it was really just an excuse to have like a 40-minute car chase, and I loved it. Yes. It was basically Grand Theft Auto the movie. Yep. In fact, the part of the chase when he's leaving the city and heading out on the freeway felt very GTA, with the first-person shots of him just flying down the freeway and calmly drifting back and forth to pass cars. Yeah. I have to admit, I don't know if I missed it or if it was intentionally misleading, but when he pulled into the car wash, I thought he was just hiding, and then they showed the next Eleanor inside. My first thought was, damn, this really is a video game. A quick stop on the car wash and his car is fixed. (laughs) Of course, he just got lucky and spotted another of the exact same car, which lends itself to another GTA comparison. It always seems like the the game spawns whatever car you're currently driving in, more frequently than other cars. 
It does. And that's really funny. I can see your GTA relationship now if you think the driving through the car wash fixed the entire car because yeah. that's the whole thing. So I think it was Saints Row. It wasn't a car wash. It was like a paint shop. And you would go there and it would do the same thing. It would just you know bring your car back to new, but it was all just change it a different color too, which was always fun. Oh, that's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. He says, okay, you mentioned something in the minute that I've wanted to bring up for a while, so this seems like an appropriate time. Ooh. In the first movie, Dom says he lives his life a quarter mile at a time, and he talks about his team and their bullshit. I don't believe and haven't really believed for a while, that family is a central theme of the franchise. Ooh. Wow! This is at least not at first. Family doesn't become a big thing until five. In the first one, he doesn't even call them a family. They're a team. He babies Jesse a bit, and he does sort of a bad impression of a protective older brother with Mia, but he doesn't seem particularly close to Leon, and he treats Vince kind of poorly, plus he's borderline unfaithful to Letty, or at least disrespectful. F2 obviously isn't about family, beyond Roman and Brian reconciling, but it's more about Brian figuring out his code, kind of. Yeah. Tokyo Drift is more about family, and Han has that great speech, but looking at it chronologically, it makes sense for it to happen later. That's interesting. Looking at it in release order, this is where Justin Lin and Chris Morgan entered, and they brought the family vibe to the franchise. Even in 4, it's there a little, but not totally. It's about revenge, and I guess you could say it's about people realizing the value of family. But once we get to five, it's all family all the time. So that leaves only half the main franchise that really focuses on how important family is. It's the stronger half of the franchise for sure, but still only half. But my point isn't just to point out how they messed up earlier on. My point is that there's really a series about how the characters evolve. They've kind of settled into their roles now, but look at the arc of Dom or Bryant or Letty or anyone that's been around for a few movies, and you really get a sense that the early films were younger, more hot-headed, or impetuous versions of the characters we have now. I think that's really great. It's not a franchise entirely about how important family is. It's a franchise that shows a bunch of people growing and realizing how important family is. Oh, wow. Do you think this? Do you agree? Are you subscribing to this? I think he makes good points. I think they're all good points. I think it's, I come in a weird time because I entered in five and I think one of the memes of this franchise, what people know and what people make fun of this franchise about is Dom just grumbling family, right? Yes. Fambly, F-A-M-B-L-Y, right? Fambly. Fambly, fambly, whatever. Yeah. I do think that the reason we're able to keep covering this the way that we cover it and the way that we're able to keep watching the movies the way that we do and talking about them the way that we do is because we care about the characters and they do evolve. If they were always family, if they all they never really grew, they were all just, you know, this tight bond, it wouldn't be interesting. I mean, we've talked about the evolution arcs yeah. of characters. And I think because of that, because of the way of the fact that they grow and evolve and change and that things I mean, nobody really dies anymore. Everybody comes back. But, like, decisions and actions have consequences. I think it is fair. It's a good point. That's interesting. I do think that, in retrospect, we see a lot more family in one than there actually is. But I wouldn't deny that, like, Letty, Dom, Mia, and, to a certain extent, Brian become, like, a family, right? As much as, yeah, he does kind of shit on Leon and Vince, and Jesse's kind of, like, a kid, like, an adopted child... You make some good points. It's hard to argue against. I mean, I also think that knowing what we know about one and how it was maybe going to be, they didn't know it was going to be a start of a franchise. It was just a thing. And then when two was a different movie, a different installment altogether, because 
Vin didn't want to come back, and then three is a whole different story altogether. And it doesn't really make sense to have a through line narrative of family if the characters are different every time, right? Like it's just That's true. Yeah, I don't. It, there, there's no family if you don't have the same characters from movie to movie. Like the only carryover is Brian, and then Vin a little, or then Dom a little bit, right? Yeah, it would be a very weird through line to be like we're never going to get separated and then never see them again. <laughs> to Wes's point about you know Justin Lin coming in at three. I think the reset in four established it. I think really four is the start. Like I think it's a cornerstone. I say this all the time. Five makes it feel that way, but four when they're you know at the like the thing it's a scene that's in the farewell to Brian, farewell to Paul montage in this movie, but the scene where it's the three of them having dinner, right? It's yeah. after everything comes back at the end of four, the middle of four, whatever. That's kind of the kickoff. Like this is weird. This is what matters, right? You know, there's all the bullshit. Like the, you know the team and all their bullshit, right? But like family is what matters, and that's. You know, that's what where we go from. Yeah, that's what I agree with. So, it sounds blasphemous from the outside, right? Like, it's yes. not about family. It's like, wait, what are you, what are you saying? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's a good point. It is a good point. I like it. Says, so, all right, that's it for today. I wrote this on my phone, so I'm not spelling or grammar checking it. So good luck. And until next time, stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes. That was a good email. That, I'm going to think yeah. about this, and we can talk about it later on now. That's all the emails that we have. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to write in, say hi, give your rankings, update your rankings, your thoughts on whether the movies are about family or not. Yeah. Family at Cage. Should we cha- do we change our email address now? Is it not family? Second half of the franchise, family at cageclub.me. Distant Cousins. What's the fucking movie from Arrested Development? Dangerous Cousins? Like Cousins Dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, could, we could be Dangerous Cousins at... <laughs> dangerous Cousins at cageblood.me. Cool. <laughs> if you want to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. That would be wonderful. 21 ratings, all five stars. Thank you all for doing that. Joe, on the streets, this is not something necessarily about the Fast and the Furious, because I don't think there is Fast and Furious news, but no. this is something that I might have seen all over the place. I just didn't have context for it. But you know how, like, once you're aware, once you're made aware of something, you start seeing it everywhere? Not in yes. the GTA sense where, like, you're in a car and it's easy for the game to generate that car because, like, the graphics are already loaded on screen. Yeah. But, like, you, you see a thing, you see a number, you see a pattern, you see it everywhere. Yes. Story in my Google Alerts. Here's why Nicolas Cage bought a $500,000 Lamborghini Mira. What? The mid-engine sports car is an absolute power machine, has a lot of significance to its name, and is one of the best-looking cars cars of all time yes he has one that's so cool has purchased well over a dozen different high-end automobiles and he has good taste for sure he's purchased included vehicles including but not limited to bugattis ferraris and even well, an eleanor he's not a self-indulgent wiener sir what's that from gone in 60 seconds when he goes to the ferrari guy oh you've never seen you've never seen the movie as many times as i have sorry i've seen the movie three times in 10 years oh god I haven't seen it in in earnest since 2015. It's a really good movie. You should probably revisit it. Despite how practically every classic and modern Bugatti is extremely limited in production, Cage bought something even more rare than the 101 and Type T57C Atlantic Coupe Bugattis he spent millions on. It's a Lamborghini. Why would Cage buy something so special? Well, the truth is, there doesn't seem to be any logical reason for this purchase. Fucking article. I should have read this ahead of time. <laughs> he bought the Lamborghini Mira along with SVJ, along with many other rare vehicles within a small and very expensive time in his life. Purchased for about 500k at an auction in 97, so this is in the midst of the The Rock Conair face-off time, and was previously owned by the Shah of Iran, Mohammad Reza Pahlavi. Along with many other rare car, rare exotic vehicles, this is part of a very large spending spree Cage went on during his career. Yeah, how'd that work out? Uh, not well. <laughs> so it's very clear why he bought this angry bolt. It's an absolute power machine of a car, has a lot of significance to its name, 
and is one of the best-looking cars of all time. Yeah. The first mid-engine production car model, and you own the rarest version of it. It's no wonder this was an offer he couldn't say no to, and given its value, he got it for an absolute bargain. Yeah, but did he ever get to sell it? Like, or did they just take it? He worked his way out of that. Did he? I don't know. Like, what tax- was yeah, his he, no, he's in the clear now. That's I mean, I he might asking. have gone back in, but he he cleared his tax income tax debt. Okay, but several like, years ago. But he had, did he have to like sell off all of his shit to get it? Is what I'm saying. Like, I know he sold houses. I don't know if he sold. I mean, I don't. Who? I mean, probably. Cars. Also, if you're if you're the kind of guy who's buying multiple million dollar cars, like, and that's 23 years ago, what are the odds that you still have it? You know what I mean? You might yeah. be just buying and selling as it is. So yeah, true. Who knows? It's cool though that he had one. Again, like a card name that I had never. Probably, I never would have thought that I had heard before, what was it, two or three weeks ago? And yeah. now I've seen it three or four times, right? So. Yeah, and there's a Cage link to it. That's cool. Yeah, it didn't even come in the Fast and Furious one. It came in the Nicolas Cage Google alert, so there we go. Makes sense. That was a good one. I like that. Any updates that you've seen? Any, any news, any actor news, any movie news, anything like that? No, I was going to talk about hopefully getting the Lego yes. Brian's, cool. okay. Brian's Super. Yep. But... So we're going to do Rock the Vote. And that's going to search on Google News, The Rock President. Let's see if he is, if Mr. Dwayne Johnson is running for president. New news there, but nothing about that. We're going to search Dwayne Johnson President. Still just uh, about his book being released, about his daughter being signed to the WWE. Oh, that's cool. When she got signed to WWE, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, she's 18. Simone got uh-huh. signed to the WWE two days ago. Or maybe that article from two days ago, but recently, yeah. Yeah, easy pickup. Once again, still not running for president yet, but we got nothing but time. Or... As Brian says, I've got time. Yeah. Joe, the final thing we have to do before we take a break, before we talk about Furious 7, is the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 61. So I've got two titles here. I don't know which one you like. I don't know if we do both. I don't okay. know if we do one or the other. Minute 61, either Mia also has gravity-like properties <laughs> or want to go for a drive. I like Mia also has gravity-like properties. She's like gravity. Brian gets pulled to her. <laughs> exactly. No. No. The only thing that pulled me in was you. Being friends with your brother is just a bonus. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that's good. It's nice to come first every once in a while. Want to go for a drive? So in this minute, Brian and Mia continue their date. The date ends when she takes Brian for a ride, wait, wait, but actually in her car. Yeah. Meanwhile, another truck jacking begins. We then cut to the racer's edge where dot, dot, dot. We'll find out next minute. But his Brian, but Brian's phone rings. Yeah. Notably, I think this is, I, as far as I remember, this is Mia's first driving scene, right? Like this is kind of the this iconic is, yeah. Mia driving scene. Or she might have like driven to the first race. Well, we don't see it because they roll up in five cars, right? So maybe. Yeah. So we got Dom driving, we got Letty, we got Vince, we got Leon, and we 
either Jesse or Mia, probably, right? Probably so. Jesse, yeah. I also do want to make note that I mentioned it earlier that in that montage in the end of Furious 7, which we'll talk about today, there's the line from this minute, want to go for a drive. There absolutely is. And I had just finished the movie and then put on the minute, and I was like, holy shit, this was just exactly what happened. What's your big takeaway here? I've got some other, you know, conversation starters, but let's go to you first. What what uh, what else do you know about this minute? What You, you said you crushed this minute. You said, I bro, crushed I crushed it. this minute. I crushed it. So what do you have it. to talk about? First thing is I put in all Mia's car details because I put that off because we saw her car. Remember, we saw it parked out in front of 1327. I said, no, I'm saving it for here. Filled it all in. Got her license plate. What are these bottom three? Are these stickers? Yeah, those are stickers on her car. What's the decal? What's the design on the side? I don't know. I really don't know. It's big. It's really big. I think it's just like an abstract kind of thing. Hold on. Shit, what's the name of this? Like a runner? What's the, like the famous runner? The god of running? Like a Nike? Yeah, Nike. Yeah, that's what it looks like, right? Like it's like a person, like a speeding bullet silver person that's like running and like touching for a finish line or something. Oh, yeah. It kind of looks, yeah. It kind of looks like Superman if Superman was a silver surfer, sort of. Yeah, there you go. That works too. Yes. Okay. Very similar to that. So it's just like, cool. you know, smoothing speed. I'm going to take you on a little ride here. Okay. Want to go for a ride? I want to go for a ride with you. We pull out of the cha-cha-cha. It's right beside us. We make a right. We start driving up the street. We see the street. It's Melrose Avenue. Something there. Independence. I don't know what it is. Cross the street. We got LA Music and Golden Hen. I look. Waz Golden Hen is a restaurant that is still there. It's, you can go to Waz Golden Hen across the street. It exists. Look at it. It still looks pretty much the same. The building was pink. Now it's kind of like white. But Waz Golden Hen is there. And the food looks fucking good, to be honest. It does. Doesn't it? pictures right now. Looks really good. It actually looks really good. So, like, I kind of want to go eat at Waz Golden Hen. And the only reason why I want to eat at Waz Golden Hen is because if you go across the street in Google Street View, the place next to Independent Cab Company, where the cha-cha-cha would be, is an empty lot. Got bulldozed. There's nothing there. Oh, no. Oh, no. Poor cha-cha-cha. There is no cha-cha-cha anymore. That building is just demolished. So we lost it. We'll just have to eat at Waz Golden Hen, which probably had better food because it doesn't have food all over the place. And I still feel like we never got a satisfactory answer to what food all over the place means. Like, there's just pineapples, a couple pineapples, and then there's chili pepper-shaped lights. I'm still not satisfied by an answer to food all over the place. I'm not either. Actually, oh, this is funny. Waz Golden Hen has a picture of George Lopez eating there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one question, like, you know, if we ever talked to Jordana Brewster, would be like, I, what, was that the line? Yeah. Did you say, like, does that mean something? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was going on here? I don't know. I don't know either. Anything else that you notice? Anything else of importance? There's a really weird um, billboard of just a child's face, and I wanted to know what this billboard says, but I can't, like, I won't see it, right? But there is a billboard there with just, like, a baby's face on it. I don't know if it's, like, I, I don't know if it's, like, for adoption or what. I don't know. In the conversation between Brian and Mia, I think you can see the moment that the Mia character falls in love with the Brian character. That's when he says, being friends with your brother is just a bonus. Yes. And she looks at him and, like, doesn't know what to say. And she says, that's good. That's that's good. And it's like, oh, like, that's the moment. Like, that's, like, to be looked at like that, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's, it's over. It's done, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's it. She says, it's nice to come in first every once in a while. And I was like, 
did Dom never let her win anything growing up? Like, I can just see them playing, and, like, he just wins everything. Yeah, I would imagine so. That's a good brotherly thing to do. I don't think that you should, like, you know, let your younger siblings win anything. Instill that fear in them. You know, maybe you'll make Michael Jordan. And maybe there'll be a 10-part documentary series about Mia Toretto. Yeah, exactly. The other big question is, I mean, we're going to know more when we get the the phone call in the next minute. We're going to see more of the truck job in the next minute. We're going to see a lot of the fallout, essentially, from this minute. Do you think Brian or Mia knew that they were going to jack a truck? Or were they, like, was Vince potentially? I know it's like probably they're getting a call, like there's a truck, look for Rogers on the side of the equivalent or whatever, right? But, like, maybe Vince knows that Brian is going to be on a date with Mia, and he goes, Dom, let's do this truck Friday night at 10. I think that it was just very convenient that Brian could be away on a Friday night, they use that opportunity to find a heist to do. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that they're on to Brian? Do you think that Vince is like, let's do this one when he's not around because we're afraid that he's a narc? I think that Vince might think that, but I also think it's just a good excuse. Like, if you have this friend and he's kind of a new friend, he's been hanging out, hanging around a lot. All of a sudden, it's Friday night, and you're like, hey, guys, what And he's not doing? like Leon. He doesn't just seem like a criminal. He doesn't just seem like a criminal. No, but if you were like, hey, this kid's in town. We've hung out with him every single day. It's Friday night. You're like, okay, guys, where are we going? They're like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I don't know, nothing. You'd be like, that's fucking weird, right? Like, just even as a friend, you'd be like, what are you guys, like, this is okay. If you don't want to invite me, fine. And then they're like, no, we're just, like, busy. What if, in this, to, to take this to the next level, what if Mia asking Brian out on a date was a setup to get him out of the way. And she didn't actually like him. And then she just falls in love with him, has two kids with him, all out of the, just to get him out of the Utility. house the one truck jacking. Exactly. Exactly. Or, like, she just does it to get him out of the house, and then she actually falls in love with him. Yeah, that's what I could imagine, right? It doesn't seem like Mia is, like, taking cues from Dom to, like, do stuff like that. He kind of lets her do whatever she wants. No, I think, yeah, I think her, to a certain extent, her and Letty are both, like, you said one more job. Like, we're, we're done, right? Like, this is it. Like, we're not really against it, but we're against it, right? Like, yeah. we want, let's just live normal lives. Yeah. They're not addicted to the bullet, just like Brian is in this man in Furious 7. True. But do you think that Tanner and or Bilkins are going to be upset? Like, you know, say this truck jacking goes awry or whatever, and they're like, where were you? He's like, well, I was getting my dick wet, sir. Like... <laughs> Do you think that they're going to be upset because he was out on a date instead of, like, keeping tabs? I mean, he also can't be tasked to keep tabs on Toretto every hour of the week. But also, I could see them getting mad, like, you had no inclination, you had no idea that they were going to do this. Yeah, but he can play it off like, well, I was, you know, trying to get information from Mia, and he did. He, like, learned when Jesse showed up, and the story of Vince and Leon and, and Letty, like, he's he's gathering background information he like he's like okay like they weren't here but i think they can also be like yeah but you were with them for 60 hours this week and you didn't hear a single thing that might lead them to this yeah i don't know that could be shady i mean just look at leon right <laughs> exactly <laughs> he looks like a criminal dude he really does he moans like a cop and he looks like a criminal <laughs> he moans like a cop yep any other thoughts about this fast and furious minute otherwise we have to do the trivia question no i really won't fucking want some of this golden hen chinese food now because it actually looks really fucking fire and i'm so stoked on it i would be down for it yes please and thank you i haven't had chinese food in months probably i mean not for sure not since this is all started rachel rachel makes some good chinese food dishes we had a lot of fried rice and stuff too so cool yeah we've been eating some but not this is like this is this looks like traditional chinese food like not even like takeout chinese food it looks like oh i had chinese food in vegas yes at, at ces we went to the michelin star rated chinese place which is just amazing yeah just great 
So I've not had it since early January. So four and a half months. Jeez. All right, I wrote down two trivia questions. Let me know if you like one of these, both of these, or neither of these. We can do a different one. But either, this one's kind of easier. I don't know if I love this one. What driving maneuver does Mia pull while driving Brian home from their date? Nah. Or how does Brian describe his relationship with Dom? The answer is he calls it a bonus. Because mm. the answer to the first question is that she pulls a U-turn. She like basically t- kind of not yeah, not Tokyo drifts, but like hard you know e-brake one eighty. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, that's kind of lame. I don't like that one. A necessity. A great friendship. A true love. A true love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bonus. A great friendship. A necessity. A true love. It's perfect. So we're up to now sixty-six questions through sixty-one minutes. Oh, Mario Lemieux. All right, Joe, let's take a quick break. Let us hear another word from, who was it, W Motors? Yes, W Motors. We'll be back to talk about Furious 7 right after this. This is episode number 94, Furious 7. This episode's brought to you by W Motors. The lichen is the most advanced species of wolves in mythical legends. Hidden under an elegant and luxurious mask, the lichen can transform at any given time should the need arise to show its power and leadership. Shout out, W Motors. Well, thank you, W Motors. And with us tonight to talk about Furious 7, a movie in which the lichen jumps from building to building to building. It's so weird that I've seen this movie so many times that like, I don't even like, like that scene doesn't do anything for me anymore. I'm just like, oh yeah, no. it's jumping from building to building. But to talk about Furious 7, Lap 6, we have with us Jeff Legaspi. Hello, Jeff. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? What's up, good, brother? Good. Thank you so much for joining us on Too Fast, Too Forever. We're happy to have you here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, totally excited to talk about some Furious 7 and uh, forgetting about how the car jumped from one building to the other and then out of nowhere we're going into a third building in uh, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah, because two buildings is not enough. It's going to the third one. That's where yeah. that's where things happen. So before we get started, before we talk about the conversation, we got some, uh, we got to establish some credentials with you. First thing, have you seen all nine movies? Yes. Wonderful. Nice. Um, when was the first time, two-part question, what was the first one that you saw, and when was the first time you saw this one? First one I saw was The Fast and the Furious. So, like a little bit of background, the first one came out like smack dab in between middle school and high school for me. Okay, that was a point in my life where I was super into tuner cars. Yeah, partially because me being Filipino and then being Asian and hanging around with a bunch of other Asian kids at my school, that was kind of just like the peripheral stuff that that bled over into my interests. And so I had like a, a small collection of import tuner magazines. And so when <laughs> Fast and the Furious came out, I was like, whoa, I, I got it. I gotta watch this movie. Was it advertised in the magazines? It wasn't advertised, if I remember correctly. But I did not. Okay. I, so I didn't see the movie right when it came out. It was probably a couple of months after I, I was able to pick it up on DVD. No one else in my family was really interested in going to the theater and taking me out to go watch <laughs> yeah. a movie about 
cars going really fast and some scantily clad women. That was a blast. I had it on DVD. I still have that original DVD with me. Ooh. Oh, nice. In all of its like pseudo holographic cover glory. <laughs> oh yeah, it's wonderful. Furious 7. I saw that uh, in theaters the first weekend with my wife. I had to slowly convert her over to <laughs> watching the, the movies like pretty much either the first or second weekend. Okay. Um, How did that work? Did it did it work? Is she con- converted now? Yeah, she she's converted. The first couple of movies she she hadn't seen the first three so when fast and furious came out it took a, a little bit of convincing for her to go along with me to the theater and then it was like a gradual build up until seven came out and then she was like okay fine we'll, we'll go watch it <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works gotta break them down slowly man it seems like you're successful in the end and you know she's she's your she's even more so now your ride or die exactly 100 <laughs> percent. very important now the one bit of prep that we asked you to do. I hope you did this. If not, you can do it on the spot. There's no wrong answers, even though it's the most difficult question you'll ever be asked. Can you please rank the nine movies from either from least favorite to favorite or favorite to least favorite? Either way, top to bottom or bottom to top? From most favorite to least favorite, The Fast and the Furious, Fast First and one. Furious, Tokyo Drift, Furious 7, wow, Fast okay. 5, Fast and Furious 6, okay. Fate of the Furious, I have to like caveat with like all of these aren't like hard one through nine. It's like maybe of course. like one A, one B. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Too fast, too furious. And then unfortunately, I got to put Hobbs and Shaw at the bottom. Okay, cool. Wow. Where did you have the fourth one? I think I missed the fourth one. Oh, I had that as my second. Oh, so, oh, Tokyo Drift really is three. High. Okay. Yeah, Tokyo Drift yeah. is three. So we had a theory, not a theory, but we had a trend that we noticed that Fast Five was basically everyone's number one. It's, it's your number five, which is pre- fairly low in terms of the, the, yeah, the fast overall four reception. Yeah, pretty high. It's, it's you're going to see it with your wife for like her first Fast and Furious. Does that play into that one? A little bit. Part of it was just the excitement of, you know, after the franchise kind of not being around for a couple of years and then seeing part of the old gang sure. on the yeah. movie screen kind of bit into, you know, some good nostalgia for me. Perfect. Yeah. The Hobbs and Shaw factor. I mean, you are not alone. I mean, we both like it. It's it's in the middle yeah. for us, but you're the third person in a row to have it last. Like it just hasn't, I don't know if it's too new. I don't know if it's too different, but it really hasn't connected with people in a way that I think people were probably hoping it to. I liked it as a as a standalone action film, but like especially after Furious Seven again pretty recently, and also Fate of the Furious. It like the thing that I have the the hardest issue getting my head around is just how quickly Hobbs and Shaw get buddy buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. justice for Han. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> again, like standalone action film. I'm like, yes, this is this is great. Especially the the final action sequence on the island. That's pretty awesome but right. like within the context of the whole fast and furious franchise it's like i i gotta put it at the bottom i wonder if I, that must be i feel like that's just it, there's too much pressure on it like even though it's just like the fast and furious presents it's like coming from this world it just it has a tall order i mean just like the same with the sequels but like i feel like the sequels are always going to be like it's almost like to compare it again to the mcu like we always do like mm-hmm. the, the sequels are all like the avengers movies like okay we know that these are going to be good but they got like, a standalone like we don't know if Ant-Man's going to be good or not. Then you see, you're like, yeah, it's fun. But like as part of a whole, it's a different thing. So it's a tall order. Yeah. Do you think, and I don't know, I don't have an answer to this question myself. When Hobbs, I think they've announced that they're doing a Hobbs and Shaw 2. When that one comes out, if it's, do you think that there is a way that you could like the first one more in retrospect after you see like where it's going into? Probably within the context of, of Hobbs and Shaw being its 
own kind of standalone thing, I could probably go back and, and, and say that I could enjoy it more. They definitely set it up to be its own spin on the Fast and Furious formula, more into the uh, action slash sci-fi elements that sure. you can't really mm-hmm. touch into with a franchise that's pretty rooted into <laughs> tuner culture and car racing <laughs> oh yeah and like that totally reminded me of of like especially when the trailers were initially coming out seeing idris elba's character basically set up as he's a superhuman-esque yeah. kind of baddie feet with with either this crazy tech or, or something and then when you like watch the movie you're like yeah this is still kind of hard to grasp <laughs> it's out there i mean we're all superhumans now so <laughs> I mean, because our and we want to see where nine goes, but like we're not huge fans of eight. Like, just eight feels like a little bit lacking. I think in your rankings, you had that six. So it's not, you know, it's a, maybe a little bit higher than some other people, but you're still kind of right there, like on a lesser, lower level. But you know, we're kind of hoping that where nine goes, maybe it raises eight because we talk a lot about how like Cipher is kind of a lackluster villain. But if yeah. they like, if they do more with her in nine, it's going to like us make. Or it's going to make us like eight more, I think. And the same thing with Hobbs and Shaw. Like if that if that ties back in, if they're setting things up for a future payoff, like we might have to reevaluate everything. I think that yeah. that's your question, though. I I like it. I think that in retrospect, I've had a lot of Fast and Furious movies become way more enjoyable for me with new ones being released. Like I wasn't as sold on four when it came out, but now watching it again over and over in this context, I'm like, holy shit, four like changed the game. You know what I mean? Like this really was like the foundation for everything that we get now. Even if you didn't like Hobbs and Shaw, I think like if they keep going with them and make a couple more, you'd be like, oh damn, like I see what they were starting here. One of the best things about the franchise as a whole is that they continue to build on the lore. Like initially Mm -hmm. it was like just LA and then it was Miami and then Tokyo Drift was kind of like we're taking a hard left drift turn. When when you take all of the parts and and put it into the whole, like each of the kind of story elements and all of the locations that they've been to build up to create this kind of immersive action universe, at least for me. And seeing all of these little payoffs and all of these little bits and everything pretty much add up to where the franchise is right now has been pretty cool. I'm I'm still kind of bummed that they they moved F9 out to next year just cuz I I was getting pretty Same. hyped about Justice for Han but it'll be it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it next March. <laughs> because of the way that we do the podcast, like if we're like if it if it goes straight to VOD, like we could we could cover it like 6 weeks in a row. Like we could just keep doing it because like we just have it at our disposal. Like oh, like go frame by frame like way sooner. So like I want to see it in the theater. I want to go back to that time, but like you know, if not, like for the for the sole purpose of like what we do here, like just give it as soon as possible in whatever format possible. Just please let us see that movie because we're all excited for it. Some either or questions. These might be easy. Mm. These might be difficult. There's no wrong answers. This is just who you are, who Jeff is, kind of within the scope of the Fast and Furious. And we're going to, at the end of the show, we're going to do a uh, BuzzFeed-style, J14-style personality quiz, find out which family mm-hmm. member you are. But that's later. This, just an either-or questions, no wrong answers. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. So if you want to give explanations, you can. If you want to just keep the mystery intact, whatever. But the first question, are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Brian. Yeah. Now, about Brian... Do you think he's a good cop or a bad cop? And this one I want a little bit of explanation on. I want to say he's a good cop. Okay. He straddles that line of he's trying to do the right thing, but he'll do it. I don't want to say at any cost because that's more of Dom. But But does he do the right thing? (laughs) (laughs) 
A loaded question. Dramatic <laughs> pause, because nobody knows. We don't know. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. This is just something we argue about all the time. You've made me think and pause. <laughs> I don't know. This might this might like haunt me until the end of my days. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna next time you watch through, think to yourself, is Brian a good cop or is he a bad cop? I mean, this and is the conversation that he has with Mia in four. You know, are you the good guy pretending yeah, to be the bad guy? Exactly. It's but it's like bigger than that, because like are you are you a good cop or you bad? Because like he's good at his job. But is he a good cop? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good way to, to put that question. It's, it's tough. It's I guess part of my answering comes from like I I just recently rewatched Training Day, okay. so yeah. that that kind of illustrated <laughs> where my answer was coming from. I mean, yeah, within the context of is is he an actual good cop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yep. can you've given me something to think about <laughs> okay no worries man easier question are you more of a mia or a letty i'd say letty wow okay damn we've had a couple nice. letties lately which is a, a change of pace turning the tide part of that comes from from my wife okay if you had asked this question to me back in high school like 15 years ago i would have said mia but my wife has rubbed off on me oh lot, so. he's a letty yeah. So this is not a question we've asked before, and I don't know that we could ask it of everybody, but do you think that the two of you, are you more like a Brian and Mia or a Dom and Letty? Or are you someone else altogether in the franchise? We're a Dom and Letty. Joe, what are you? What are you and what are you and Rachel? Are you Brian and Mia or are you Dom and Letty? You're not Dom and Letty. I don't know even why I'm asking. I'm Han and Giselle, bro. Uh, that's also not true, but I appreciate the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's it. All right. Now, Jeff, are you more of a Roman or a Tej? I'd say Tej. Okay. Yeah, I like Tej. This is one of our newer ones, and this is, again, going to a movie that you're not necessarily a fan of. Are you more of a Hobbes or a Shaw? (laughs) I'd say Hobbes. Wow, okay. Both of them come off as a little bit hard-nosed, smart-alecky. I don't know, maybe this is too much illustrated by how I've taken the Deckard Shaw character in in my own mind, but I really wouldn't associate myself with them. (laughs) That's fair. No, I appreciate it. It's not always that you're more like one. It might be that you're less like the other, right? So if you don't want to be a Shaw, by by process of elimination, you're a Hob. So I get that. There you go. Now, I think I know the answer because you said this earlier. Are you more of, or maybe things have changed since high school. I don't know. But are you more a fan of American muscle or imports? Imports. Imports still, 100%. Thank you. Do you have a favorite? Growing up and then, yeah, seeing the first Fast and Furious, that R34 Skyline GTR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's chef's kiss material mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> have you, do you own an import or have you, I mean, I, we'll get to a Barbie dream car in a second, but do you have, do you own an import? I do not. We're currently carless right now. Fortunately, got into an accident. Oh, no. Um, oh, sorry, brother. Yeah, we've been carless. I, we, we've been looking at new cars and, and thinking about getting the Civic hatchback. Those are really cool. The new Civics are really cool. I like yeah. them a lot. Yeah, the new hatchbacks are looking pretty, pretty yeah. sick. You're going to get a black with a green underglow? <laughs> I would love a black with a green underglow and then murdered out tint. <laughs> just tell your wife, you know, in the dash. we just need three of them. Just, you know, I know that we were carless, but like there's no better time to have three cars than when, you know, we're buying exactly. Civics. Uh-huh. Spoon engines, all that sort of stuff. Are you more a fan of Corona or Belgian Ale? Corona. Cool. Are you more of a racer or a designer? If we're pulling a job, are you out in the field or are you back in HQ? Are you the man in the chair? I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit of both. But if I have to pick one, I you could say, say both. I mean, there's this is like there's like a it's basically a choose your own adventure where any you can always kick down a third invisible door. Yeah, let's kick down the the, the invisible door and, cool. and, and go with both. Comes down to like whatever the context of the mission is or whatever. Nice. 
we're pulling a job. Joe and I are like, we need to go in the back. We need to steal this beast of an engine that they're keeping in the cage. Damn shame, right? We're going to jump yeah. it from one to the other. We're like, Jeff, we need you to go out there. We need five minutes of distraction. We need three minutes of distraction. We need you to sing a song karaoke style. What song are you singing? It's probably I Want It That Way from the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Perfect. Only because I, I sang that at a middle school talent show. <laughs> Perfect. So I, I can always fall back on that as a, an experience to keep myself grounded while, while you, you're both doing your thing. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask you to tell me why. You just did. Tell it's me so why. <laughs> nice. All right. So now we are successful. You're singing. Actually, Joe, I'm waiting for like the first time we have, like, we might never have a, a, the same answer distraction song. I'm still waiting for like two people to give the same song. We have not. We've gotten we like not. And more than a dozen wild. songs, and they're all crazy. all over the place. Yeah, they're all like multiple yeah. genres, years, time, everything. Yeah. yeah. So we're successful in the job. The three of us, we go to Vegas, we go to Rio, we go to Monte Carlo, we go wherever. We go to the casino, we go to the roulette table. Are you going to put it all on black? Or are you putting it all on red? Black. Okay. Any reason? Just because. Okay. It's, it's, we have a large majority of black choosers, huh? I think it's, it's mostly because of, and like that's why Dan last time said red, because the Wesley Snipes always bet on black. Like it incepted something into people's brains, I think. Yeah. Mm. Next job. We have to fly to an island. We have to fall onto an island, just like in this movie. Or, like at the end of the last movie, we have to drive a car onto a plane. Would you rather, knowing you're safe either way, have to drive a car on a long runway into a plane before it takes off? Or drive a car out of a plane with a GPS-guided parachute to land on the ground. You're going to be safe either way. Which adrenaline rush do you want? Into a plane or out of a plane? We're, we're driving out. We're driving cool. out of the plane in, in the middle of the freaking sky. Very, very, <laughs> very cool. Are you driving cool. out or are you getting Roman sucked out? I'm driving out. Is there a reason why in this movie they go out backwards? Is there something science about that? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they just had to pull the cars in frontward, okay. get on faster, and so they're just like... I mean, you're just going to fall anyways. Like, what does it matter, right? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I was. It, it, it feels weird because you should. You almost want to like. I also just because I just saw Mission Impossible Fallout again for Cruise Club. The movie's so goddamn good. But just watching them like do the Halo jump and run out and jump, I'm like, it kind of feels weird to sort of bat, like tumble backwards out of the car. But you know, yeah, it would feel it would feel jarring to your body. I mean, all of it's going to feel jarring. Yeah, but like your motion. Like I, I think that I would get sicker going backwards, right? Probably. All right, Jeff. Is the word oil one syllable or two? One. Oof. Okay. Yeah. We had such an overwhelming lead for two because that this has been like an argument of mine even before without Joe, but like for like twelve years, and we had such an overwhelming two, and like the last literally the last six people have all said one, and so my my lead is dissipating. I can tell you that much. Good. <laughs> you you had me like silently mouthing out oil. That's usually how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Our newest question. You know, you come visit us, and we're like Jeff. We got to take you to this place. <laughs> Uh, you're going to love it. It's got wooden tables, it's got little red candles, it's got Plantain. plantains, it's got food all <laughs> over the place. What is the phrase, to you, what does the phrase food all over the place mean in describing a restaurant? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I mean, in the context of a restaurant, food all over the place. Really yeah. Mean yeah. It's got food all over the place. All sorts of different cuisines. Okay. Oh, That's at oh. least the first thing that comes to my mind. First thought, best thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that one yet. The actually. reason we ask is because each episode 
of the podcast, we're going through the first movie and we're doing one minute, like basically the Star Wars minute, but with the Fast and Furious. Okay. And we're breaking it down and we're really overanalyzing everything. And so, you know, Vince comes into the kitchen and he's antagonizing the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mia asks what the restaurant is that, she, that he wanted to take her to. And she describes it by saying, you know, the one with food all over the place. And we're like, what does that mean? We've now covered the minute where they have the date. We still don't really know. No. <laughs> so we're just trying we're this is like one where like we're we need a solid from someone. Like if we ever get to talk to Jordana Brewster, like the first question is just like Jordana, what, what the does fuck does food all over the place mean? I hope you get that mystery solved. I like your take. You you took it to mean the food is all over the it's place. From all over the place, yeah. Yeah, the food is all over the place. There's all kinds of different foods there. I like yeah. that. That's an interesting new interpretation. Maybe we could have known if we saw them eating dinner instead of just the coffee prolonging the end of the date. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Now I think I know where this is going based on where you live, but In and Out or Whataburger? In and Out. Yep. Amen. Would you rather die in a fiery explosion? Or drowning in icy water. I'd, I'd go with a fiery explosion. It's a little bit cooler. Yeah. It should look badass, right? Drowning just seems a little too prolonged. I get it. Let me go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No context. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Okay. And then the final question. Might be difficult. Might not be difficult. I don't know. Do you have a favorite character in the franchise? I would say Brian. Brian. Nice. Very cool. We actually don't get a lot of Brian's for Brian being the like it being his story, right? Yeah. Like we don't get a lot of Brian's. My favorite is Brian or Han. And we get a lot of Hans because Han is the coolest. But yeah, Brian is few and far between. But just the way that we the way that he just drives, like this is his story, right? So yeah. that's very, very cool. To kick off the conversation about this movie, there's three questions. You can answer one, you can answer two, you can answer all three, whatever you want. Do you have a favorite car movie? That's not in the Fastiverse. Do you have a favorite car or car stunt in this movie? And then going back to the conversation we had a little bit ago, do you have a Barbie dream car? Like if money was no object, if you and your wife won the lottery tonight and you're like, okay, we're getting that new Mm -hmm. car, the car that I've always wanted, what car is that? So favorite car movie, that's not a Fast and Furious movie, favorite car or car stunt in Furious 7, and then Barbie dream car. Favorite car movie that isn't part of the Fast universe. Mm -hmm. It might be just a little too... On the recency bias side, I'd, I'd say Baby Driver. Okay, cool. very cool. Yeah, that's a good pick. Partially because like Ansel Elgort's like one of my favorite actors, but oh, okay, I really enjoyed the just that whole experience. Favorite stunt from Furious Seven: the car drop from the the plane. Sure. Yeah, it's top tier. Let's let's just go into Azerbaijan. Basically, Halo drop cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. And obviously the the stunt in between the three buildings in Abu Dhabi is up there. When I was rewatching it, I totally forgot that there was the third building that they were gonna <laughs> just drive into. You know, when when Dom's like the brakes are out, I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I forgot that there is another building that they're gonna crash into. Yeah, we have to do this again. That's exactly. right. <laughs> it's the only way you can one up it in Fast and the Furious World is just like just to do it twice. Yeah. But yeah, those are like the the two that stick out in my mind. But I definitely go with the the car Halo Halo jump. I think there's another one, and I mean we've talked about this moment a lot. But one of my favorite car stunts, and it's not as maybe breathtaking as those, but them passing Ramsey from one car to the other is just still so cool. It's so weird, like that. That's like a thing that they dreamt up. But like watching her get passed from one car to the other, we're like, oh yeah, like that's so precise and this time you know what scene i was loving what's that was the bus sliding to the edge of the cliff oh yeah a little bit of a a original og italian job little italian job in there for me Mm -hmm, and i was mm -hmm. like oh i was like this is yeah i like that too slow i I gotta say the other kind of car action scene that got me 
pretty hyped, but also elicited a chuckle was when Shaw and Dom face off. And they basically, <laughs> like old school knights charging at each other, but we're in hunks of metal. Yeah. And then Dom gets, I don't know how you describe it. I think I think it's very sexual. Yeah. He tops him. <laughs> he like pins him with his car. I like to, I was arguing with Joey a couple episodes ago that like anytime that there's like racing or cars, it's very sexual in the Fast and the Furious. He said not every time. But like, look at this one and tell me this isn't just like too oiled up men wrestling, right? <laughs> the context is there. The takeaway for me in this one is that they're both those both those cars are 100% death proof. Like those are just yeah. like oh, yeah. when they go at each other like they should both be dead and no. No. Also, when they're on the like after they land, right? And they're doing the, yeah. the take the chase. All the cars are bulletproof, but I guess Tej's is more bulletproof because they're like, Tej, cover. And then he goes to the front. Brian, to get into the bus, right? Like, kicks out his windshield. I'm like, dude, that's the only thing between you and like a whole bunch of bullets. Like, I know that like they've taken down some of the attackers or whatever, but like, that's a very dangerous thing you're doing. Is he a good cop or a bad cop? I mean, that's just a da- you know he's that's a bad father that's, and husband like he's got yeah. a baby yeah. and another one in the way and whew. that's just bad judgment yeah. he was missing the bullets man he was missing the bullets and then jeff do you have a barbie dream car like if you, if money was no object is it a is it a tuner is it something else what would be if you if money was no object what's your dream car either the new nsx or the okay. new supra okay oh you like the new supra i do like the new supra i think it's pretty cool if you had asked me this question Again, like back in middle school or high school, I again would have said like, "Give me the R34 Skyline GTR." Yeah. And that was like way before Nissan had brought in like their like new gen Skyline at the time. It would have been like what I'm feeling that particular day because like I I loved the WRX STI. I loved STIs are cool. Yeah, like the Evo Seven and Evo Eight. Yep, huge fan. The Evos were always super cool to me. Those were like yeah. some of my favorite cars. Yeah, the Evo in Too Fast Too Furious. I I don't know why, but I I took such a strong liking to that like i even got like the little die cast oh nice car like when i found it like i think a, like a target or something i was like i need that <laughs> <laughs> well trust me we have lots of fast and furious memorabilia all over our houses too so don't yep 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 all right so now jeff furious 7 why did you want to talk about this movie this movie is very high on your list what do you love about this movie what made you pick this movie what about furious 7 strikes your fancy it's two different aspects one it's that kind of transition from the usual craziness of each Fast and Furious movie into just, all right, we'll, we're full on going into action, adventure, completely blown out. And then obviously the next movie just goes beyond that. And then the other aspect, and it's the close of Brian's kind of story. And so there's like a lot of sentimental parts sure. related to that. I still get teary-eyed at the end of yeah. the movie. It's, it's yeah. really hard to just not get through it without feeling like somebody's cutting up a bunch of onions. It's Rachel can't hear the song. Like a lot of us now when we hear when we hear See You Again, it yeah. gets me going like in a store, you know? It's pretty impactful how they finished not just his kind of story, but also wrapped up that movie pretty tastefully. And I think like my favorite part was like at the very end they fade to white instead of, you know, fading to black like i guess you would usually do in a in a, in a film yeah and i thought that was just like a, a really nice touch yeah we've spent a lot of time especially recently talking about what furious 7 could have been or should have been and we had a guest on here a while ago talking about how she didn't she didn't like this movie 
because mm-hmm. she felt like they had to retrofit too many different things. Like when Paul died while they were filming, you know, a couple episodes ago, we read this whole thing that Chris Morgan said, like, they didn't actually have to change that much, like that they were basically like, they had to change a few things, of course, but pretty much they've told the story they wanted to tell, but in a different way, but I think similar to what you said, like, it's kind of a movie in transition. Like they're going from one thing to a next, from one type of movie to a next, one narrator, one protagonist to another, kind of, right? And I kind of like what you were saying too, that I kind of do like the tonal shifts in this one. And I think that they tried to recreate some of those in eight. And maybe that's what we're not liking about the tonal shifts in eight. But like, you're right. Like, because we're coming off of five, it's like fast. And we're coming off of six, you know, same thing, like action. And then you get to seven and then, but you have to have these somber moments and people like really related to that. And I think they tried to recreate some of those in eight. There's no actual backing to it. There's no foundation to those feelings. So it it feels kind of lost on me. And I think like for eight, they kind of try and tap into that when Elena gets uh, killed off. Like I felt that was just straight up like a little cheap. And I honestly don't know how they would have gone about doing this. Like just some other kind of emotional aspect that would have brought everybody fully invested in. Then I think maybe my takeaway from fate would have been a little bit better. But yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, that the emotional impact and kind of trying to address it story-wise in, in Seven hit the mark, at least for me, a, a lot more than what they tried to do with, with Fate. And I think Seven also pivots it into the new narrative, the new arc. Like, there's a line that Mr. Yep. Nobody says in this movie that, like, I what? think we knew about, but it feels like we don't know the full extent. That I don't know if... Is it the I, War of the Shadows line? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, is this the like, is this what we're what watching? Or is this... Oh, he says, listen, Dom. Like, I wrote this down the first time. Lap one when we did this. I wrote this quote down because I have my okay. notes where everything else is a different color. I don't yeah. remember what the colors mean. I just know that black was the default. And purple is this lap, just in case, in case anybody wants to follow along at home. He says, listen, Listen, Dom, there's a war going on between shadows and ghosts like me. You and your team unwittingly walked into the middle of it in London, and it appears it's now followed you home. It's up to you. I'm going to have a beer. You're welcome to join me. By the way, I can get you Deckard Shaw. And I said, like that, that's all Dom needs. So if we take that back and we roll that back to six, they walked into the middle of it in London when they get involved with Owen Shaw, right? Because it's like Owen knows Deckard and they know Cypher. Is whatever shady government organization that Mr. Nobody is involved with, have they been at war with Cypher? I feel like probably, but I also I feel like it's... above Cypher, something even greater than that. But okay, but then her work, like it feels like it's kind of swept under the rug. Like it feels like for this whole macro story they're telling to the point where like in six, they go back to Braga, right? And Braga's like, oh, I know Shaw. It's like, well, you want to tell this like interconnected narrative and there's this whole like war going on, but I feel like each movie, we're just focusing on like one part of it. And I feel if we knew the grand narrative, maybe this would all be even better, but I I feel like we're missing things. And I caught that line. I was just like, wait, what is is this about? I think that they'll wrap it up good in 10. I think that's what they're leading us to, that they're giving us some kind of ultimate resolution, ultimate showdown. That's the only thing I can imagine happening. Like, yeah, that line totally stuck out to me when I was rewatching too. Kind of helped cement, like, for me, that whole transition of this is a franchise that's pretty focused on, I don't want to say smaller scale, but just, like, events that happen in certain parts. The minutia. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, like, looking at individual trees, but now, like, knowing that the broader narrative is, like, this entire forest of conspiracies and potentially, like, Black Ops-related stuff or whatever, high-tech-related stuff, especially with what happens in in fate it definitely helps move the 
story and narrative focus that the whole franchise can uh, focus on into something that helps kind of justify the crazier things that they do everybody <laughs> everybody jokes about like they're gonna they're gonna go to space at, at right. some point yeah yeah like the the way <laughs> that the narrative is 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 heading and the way that they just set it up in terms of this is no longer just about street racing in, in downtown la and kind of just like a underground sting operation with LAPD and local racers it's you kind of have to just go balls out and then maybe you are going to end up in space <laughs> do you think that they at least have to give us a nod in 10 they're like Tej is like we need a satellite Dom's like no we're not going to space oh they got it 100 percent. like there's definitely gonna be some sort of like fan service if it's not like actual a car being launched into like the high limits of the atmosphere it yeah. there, there's got to be some sort of play for fan service i mean now and i don't remember if we've talked about it on this podcast i know for sure we've talked about it on cruise club but like now that tom cruise has signed on to do a movie filming on the space station the international space station and not the mission impossible movie like a separate movie it's like well your move Fast and Furious, like weird. <laughs> it is kind of weird to go back to what you were saying earlier, Jeff, about like the minutia. And like Joe, that was your word. I think it's right. Like yeah. it almost feels like this is just like they're saving the world in every movie, but it's almost like it's a series of the Rogue One movie where it's like you're not fighting the war, you're just like one little part of the war. But like to us, yeah. it's the most important thing in the world because these are the people that were watching. But like weirdly enough, dumbly enough, for spy racers, where like there's this whole organization yeah. of like nobodies and nowheres and nothings and whatever mr nobody might have like a bunch of teams that he's handling like he might he's not just only or he might be one part leader of one team and there's 20 of them yeah. either ranking wise you want to do it yeah and so i yeah. kind of want to know the scale but i don't know how you do that you'd make more spinoffs that's exactly <laughs> how you do it I wondered in this movie also, like when they show the garage in Abu Dhabi, I know that they just show them all around the world. Like we see the garage in Tokyo, we see the garage in Miami, whatever. But I yeah. wondered if that was almost like they try to do like a backdoor pilot, like kind of like the Abu Dhabi version of Roman, like that guy who like yeah. is – like I wonder if they were trying to like, hey, if this guy takes off, maybe we'll do like an Abu Dhabi Fast and Furious. Ooh, I would really like a Middle Eastern – version of fast and the furious that would I think be pretty that would dope be really cool yeah like, there's just like alternate dom like we get like all of the characters but they're just like the abu dhabi versions of all of them i think that would be really interesting one of the cool things that the entire franchise does is like it takes you all over the world into all of these great locales but mm -hmm. too like the cast itself is pretty diverse yeah and like with <laughs> each and every additional yeah. movie yeah like they 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 just add more awesome characters from folks of color and like i feel like that's the next kind of step where it becomes something that's more actually diverse yeah it feels like it connects more with like certain aspects of, of the world but still kind of reaches that kind of broad appeal of like it's part of the fast and furious universe like a full bollywood fast and the furious <laughs> isn't that I'm pretty doom? Sure. that's doom isn't it i know but i mean like i want like dom to be the creative director like vin diesel to be the creative director wait do you think doom i don't know what doom means but do you think doom was named doom because it's similar to dom probably probably well maybe <laughs> but probably not who knows when I was watching it this time, though, the thing that I didn't remember and I had a question was, did Mr. Nobody die? And I didn't remember the like his resolution. Like I remember him getting shot. I remember yeah. him telling Dom about the Belgian ale, like you really got to try it. And then I just, for some reason, my brain couldn't tell you what happened after that. Well, he shows up in eight. Yeah, but still, like, like okay, he shows up in eight, but what does that mean? And we've seen these, it's all one story. So like, I don't know when that happens. It was really awkward for me, the way they just left him. Yeah. They, they literally stop on the side of the road and leave him chilling at a rock 
while he's waiting for, I guess, his medevac helicopter to come in. Mm-hmm. And then that's literally the resolution of his kind of through line in the movie. It like it felt a little weird, like if they were going to continue that and like obviously they did in the next movie, but so abrupt. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty abrupt. It's the movie's way of just like him when he's, he's like, I got a whole med team. Like basically like don't worry about it. Like I'm just like my purpose in this movie is done. Just put me on the side of the road. I'm not gonna die. I'm essentially good. killed him off, but him being like, it'll be all right. And yeah. like, they can bring him back if they want. They can let him die if they want. Like, oh, something went bad when he got surgered. You know, like when he like when he had surgery. Not exactly in a similar way, but thinking about tying this movie into future movies and just thinking about how the narrative has evolved. Like, at the beginning of this movie, we have Owen and Deckard, right? Deck talk, Deck's talking to Owen in bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to avenge you, whatever. I was wondering if we're ever going to have, like, in 9 or beyond. Like, what if, what if we go to, like, what if 9 opens with, like, Don? by Jacob's bed or something like Jacob by you know what I mean like we could have a narrative oh. there too like we no, but could... we saw them fighting in the trailer already but that might be current I, you know what I mean like I don't know uh-huh. I wouldn't bet on it but I feel like that would probably be a pretty good entry point into the movie just like some sort of there's something there between Jacob and Dom that they're gonna stage before the opening credits roll and then that's how we're gonna get into the story I want like a nice shot of Dom as a child like a little bald child <laughs> running and like jacob's like muscle cars are lame and like takes it from him and dom's like that's my charger and like that's how it starts he like ruins his entire hot wheels collection and that's, that's yeah. the whole start yeah. of this movie exactly like you'll never be a race car driver actually jeff that's actually a good question i mean in terms of nine in terms of looking ahead to nine you said you were excited for it what do you think of han being back number one and also number two what do you think of the whole new like the fact that they reveal like Jacob is Dom's brother. Then, like, the trailer's not even over. Like, by the way, Han's back. Like, it's two insane reveals in the same four-minute trailer. But, like, what do you think of those two kind of game-changing, earth-shattering reveals? It's a bunch of crazy reveals. Like, right? Drift, Drift King's back and all of the yeah. other kind of stuff that I, like, read about Sean afterwards. Like, Earl. yeah, when I saw Han in the trailer, the first thing that came to mind was, like, how did he survive? And then secondly, I was like, yes, he's back. That's awesome. That was my biggest question. Like how they're going to address what happened in Tokyo. Now that they delayed the movie, it's prime conspiracy slash fan theory material that won't get resolved until next year. But yeah, that was like my biggest takeaway for Jacob. It's it's also related. It's like, I want to know the backstory there. I want to know why he's just decided to come back into the mix of things what the relationship relationship was like between dom and jacob that either led them to fall out or whatever happened the way that they address them in the movie will make it sink or swim honestly uh, i think yeah. if it's too ham-fisted it it might not be something that i look back on like after watching the movie and i'm like uh yeah that was good i mean i guess like what we're, what we're afraid of and i think what everybody's on some level afraid of is like could it undermine the dramatic tension of earlier movies like to, to a certain extent like when han comes back it un- sort of undermines tokyo drift but the fact that they are able to retrofit that kind of makes it cool but like if they did this wrong all that sadness and all that pain oh. that we felt for han and giselle it's like 
What was yeah, it for? Exactly. Well, now that we're talking about this, this was the first time watching this movie since we've seen the trailer, right? Is it? I, maybe. Maybe not. Time. I mean, time, time is a flat is, circle. Time is real weird. Hold on. Let me just see here real quick. Furious 7. The last time we did Furious 7, end of December. When did the trailer come out? Oh, I guess it was. Right? God. Oh, man. January? I, yeah, the trailer came out Super Bowl weekend. Okay. End of, end of January, beginning of February. Yeah, okay. Okay, so this is the first time watching this. Wow. Now, having seen the trailer... My mind is blown. I just want you to know, like, just based on the... Like, you just said, like, we haven't seen this movie since December. It's like, wait, what? Okay. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No. So I'm, like, watching it this time. And now now I'm watching it to see if they gave themselves an out when you see Han car crashed, right? If you watch this, the scene in this movie, again, that we've seen the scene a million times now, but they have it and you see Statham called Dom and they cut back to Han and Han is trying to climb out of the car. You know, like, we were like, oh, we don't see a body, but, like, Han's dead. And then they have a funeral for Han, but they don't get his body, right? Exactly. Does Dom know from the time he goes to Japan, the time he goes to Tokyo, in this movie, basically right after right after Tokyo Drift ends, so, yes. like, seven Earth years ago or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, does Dom know from that moment that Han is still alive? And why does he not say anything to anybody? Does Letty know? Like, know. why does Deckard, who seems like the most ruthless, relentless, don't stop until the job is done guy in this entire franchise, why does he assume that like an exploded car killed his mark? Like why wouldn't he go over and put a bullet into his head? You know what I mean? Like why does he walk away like a movie villain? He's gonna call Dom and flex on him. I don't know. I don't know. Lost in the sauce. He's trying to call Dom. He's too into it. He thinks that he did his job and he got sloppy one time. All it takes is one mistake. Oof. It's crazy though. I was really paying attention this time because I was like, okay, is Dom or is Han like dead, dead? And no, he's like still like climbing out of the car at the end. So they left themselves an out. They left themselves an out for sure. What struck me this time in the beginning of the movie, Hobbs gives the letter of recommendation to Elena. He goes back upstairs. He sees Shaw on the computer. They fight, right? Shaw's getting the transfer. And then we see on the screen, file transfer complete or whatever, right? And it's Han's face. And I was wondering if there was another face on the screen, would somebody else have been dead? Like, I know it's on the screen because that's where the narrative is saying, but like, coincidentally, like if it had landed on like Brian, although yeah. I, guess he, I guess he knows where everybody is because they leave the dom, at, they leave the bomb, hello, they leave the bomb at 1327. So he probably knows everyone, but it just feels like, it almost feels like a luck of it, like a roll of the dice that Han got killed. But I don't know, maybe not. I don't have any theories on this. I got nothing either. None of us haven't. I mean, it's just all, it's all speculation. Now. I wonder, like, at some point when they're like, okay, this is the last movie. Like, we know that there's going to be more spinoffs, but like, this is the last movie that like, you're going to get any answers on. Like, at some point we're going to be like, okay, until then we're going to speculate until. And even after they can like throw shit into the, the side ones to like explain stuff that we, they didn't get to mm-hmm. keep us going to see them forever. Two questions about the Dom returning to Tokyo scene. Number one, where's Chrissy Teigen? Dang. I was hoping that she was in this too. Wouldn't it be really I funny if they're like. I'm also, oh, by the way, I'm also in Furious 7. It's like, wait, what? Why? She's like, well, they returned to the parking garage. It's like, oh, right. Yes, of course. <laughs> Still there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we knew Chrissy was family. But number two, we see, sh- we, at the end of Tokyo Drift, Dom says, he comes up there, they're going to race, right? And then in this one, Sean says, Han said you was fast, but not that fast. And then he says, who said American Muscle can't drift? Are we to believe, like, it could go either way, but do you guys think, did Dom win? Or do you think Dom just came close enough? Because it's like he was. Using, you think he won? Dom yeah, won. Hands down. I think he won. He wins everything. He's never lost. Because it's almost like the kind of thing where you can see. Well, I know that. That's true. But like, 
it's the kind of thing where he's in the he's in the charger and like he shouldn't even come he shouldn't win he shouldn't even have a chance of when he becomes close it's like oh like you can run but i'm wearing jeans and like i almost beat you it's like yeah. it kind of leaves it open to that like it's not definitive but like my shoes have no grip <laughs> right but yeah we have we have to assume that dom won yeah i think he might have brute forced a couple of those corners <laughs> so he, he pulled it off like sean did the first time but just maybe with a little bit more grace and finesse that's exactly, exactly. what i'm thinking yeah, yeah. he kind of bullied him is dom just carrying a sledgehammer from scene to scene in this movie because he has it at Letty's grave <laughs> and then when he shows up to fight Shaw the first time he takes the sledgehammer and I'm like dude what are you doing character traits bro he needs to get, he needs to level up his sledgehammer he's only at like a level five sledgehammer he's trying to get more points for it the sledgehammer at the grave scene was was a little too much for me i, I gotta say i was like that's that's a little drastic <laughs> you, you can't you can't just bash a gravestone like that you know i'll i'll, I'll allow you movie to jump cars out of a plane but this is a bridge no. too far no <laughs> jeff while we break down the movie minute by minute the first movie we have the, the fast and furious minute document which is now probably 140 pages long in google docs and it's just it's obsessively detailed for no reason like there's no payoff to it but wow. you know, there's a compliment sort of as a compliment that mr nobody gives dom in this movie when they talk for the first time and he just says your file is not only detailed it's extremely entertaining and i was like that's like the ideal pull quote like if we ever turn this into a book like we want that quote on the cover <laughs> like we could even use that quote but be like you know mr nobody to dominic toretta we can have that like oh, a really no, no, no. small we just, font we can just say mr mr like mr nobody yeah and then yeah to dominic toretta like really really small <laughs> yeah. like it's like his quote like about the book or these guys just seem like double alphas <laughs> jeff is there anything else what else about this movie do you want to talk about is there stuff about this that you don't like like what what holds us back from being i mean it might just be the fact that it's not the nostalgia of the earlier ones but what about this is there things that, about this that you don't like aside from the sledgehammer at the graveyard scene the last action sequence i mean that might be a little too spicy like it's definitely it definitely draws you in and it's action-packed we have hobbs with the machine gun you have yep. the helicopter with the machine gun mm-hmm you have the helicopter chasing Dom as he's trying to drive out of the collapsing parking garage. I think there was a a weird moment of kind of action disbelief that these two kind of events were going on concurrently. Because like the way that the, the the scenes are cut, like you're going back and forth between like I don't know for a little bit between Hobbs firing the machine gun at the helicopter. We transition to the the chase scene, and then it goes back to you know, the machine gun exchange between the two. That was probably the one kind of moment of dissonance for me for that whole action sequence. Like backtracking a little bit more, like when they just introduced that little UAV drone, I totally understood its purpose in the narrative. But, you know, if they had this piece of technology earlier, they should have used it. (laughs) Yeah. That was, yeah, that, that that was, like, one other little gripe. But, like, I think they pulled all out all the stops. Um, and I think you kind of have to for this supposed, like, big showdown between Shaw and the whole squad and then him, like, bringing in his backup. There's a full-on assault helicopter just hovering around downtown LA. <laughs> There's actually something in that final sequence or that sequence that struck me kind of weird is that they're all doing terrible acting jobs in that one moment no not not that i still i still you know don't fully agree with you about you railing on brian literally minutes before he's about to be gone from screen forever maybe okay can we just blame his brother then can we just be like okay that was his brother or something i mean they said they they did the action scenes right that might that might have been paul breathe dom just breathe just breathe I chuck it up to his brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll yeah, we can just blame his brother. Thank you. 
they're chasing after Ramsey, and they shoot and they blow up the car. We see that they had done the switcheroo, right? And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, Ramsey's safe. Mm-hmm. The speed at which they quote unquote kill Ramsey and then bring her back to life and then fully understand what they did is just like, wait, what? Like, it's just like, they switched the car out, sir. It's like, like you didn't even give us time to like worry about her. It's just like, in the span of like eight seconds, it's like, oh yeah, no, that's nothing. It's like, what? <laughs> why? What? That was movie time, just just for the sake of it. <laughs> you know, we, we not give the movies shit, but we like wonder if they've pulled the like back from the dead car too soon, because like Letty came back from the dead, and Han yeah. came back from the dead, and mm-hmm. you know, people are getting revived in these movies, and you know, everybody's back, and it's like, you didn't even give us time to greet. <laughs> hey, that's how it works sometimes. When they brought Letty back, that was probably the kind of jump the shark situation where <laughs> you you have a fan favorite character and you've brought her back. And so I don't think there's any other kind of emotional moment that would have the same sort of impact or payoff. The obvious one, and there's no way in hell they would do it, would be bringing Brian back, right? But that would just be utterly disrespectful. Well, it seems uh, like they might be, though. Yeah, his oh. brother's been on set a lot. Yeah, I read about that, too, and I'm, like, really hoping that it's something else, but it just, yeah. it would it would feel weird, right? It just... It would feel oh, really absolutely. weird. Absolutely. We already had our goodbyes, you, and then you ruin the goodbye of Seven. It's like, yeah. you really tarnish Seven if you do that. There's no other way to kind of top off killing off a, a main character like Letty, and then bringing her back unless you go one up above that, and the one above that is Brian. Yeah, it'd have to be Brian or Dom. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They want the movies to have shock value and empathy and they want you to feel something but like you can't kill anybody right like everybody it's we're too we had to start killing people dude i've said this a million times we gotta start getting rid of some it's just too many at this point not in a bad way i love all of them but like somebody gotta go family is family's a little too big family's a little little too big big. it is jeff any other thoughts any other moments anything else you want to bring up about the movie before we uh find out what character you are and play a couple other games uh i think that's it for me the two main things for me watching Furious 7 a few times like when yeah it's the transitional bridge for me that sets up everything in terms of being much more action oriented but yeah it's also just the emotional payoff and impact at the end that the movie has that it's definitely a a case of bias for me definitely wraps up everything neatly cool yeah yeah it is it, it wraps things up and then it like it's like okay this this package is nicely neatly wrapped up and then this one we're just gonna tear open it's like we have the one <laughs> thing done and then here's another mess that we're getting into so yeah i never thought about it like that i think that's that's all that's weirdly kind of it's not similar or different from kate's but it kind of could go hand in hand with kate's theory about what this movie is what it was meant to maybe be one thing it wound up being another but it's just it's the okay we're gonna finish this story and we're beginning something new and i think even just that like i wonder even if Chris Morgan says they didn't really rewrite things, like I just can't get that like War of Shadows line out of my brain. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, they had some deep planning going on there. And mm-hmm. now that you bring it up, I'm definitely thinking about it too. Joe, any other thoughts, any other notes that you took this time around? No, I dropped in all my my thoughts as we were cool. going. All right. So now, Jeff, we're gonna find out which character you are. We have seven questions. Mm-hmm. There okay. are six answers for each question. We have twenty different possibilities. BuzzFeed style, you can do, again, no wrong answers. I mean, we've had really good successes with, like, who people wind up being. But answer truthfully, answer who you want to be, whatever whatever makes sense to you. Again, no wrong answers. But are you ready to find out which family member you are? Let's do it. Question number one, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, 
or Razor Scooter? I'd go Roller Coaster. Okay. Pretty fast, pretty fast. <laughs> now, question number two. You know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Uh, I'd go Kylo Ren. Really? Again, this is one where just like, you don't seem that furious, but... Yeah. It's, a bro- it's, it's brooding. It's a brooding Kylo. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like it. All right, Jeff, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill... Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? I'm on the grill. Okay. Cool. Okay. We've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite? Working on your car? Hanging with friends? Drinking a beer? Working out? Or working on your computer? Uh, I want to say between drinking a beer and working on my computer since those are two definitely applicable things okay mm-hmm. given the current world situation of course of course mm-hmm. yeah i go with uh drinking a beer okay keep, nice keep it, keep it light jeff describe your wedding i mean this can be either your dream wedding or your actual wedding however <laughs> you want to answer this question i'm never getting married which i hope is not the answer for your wife's sake <laughs> or it's let's just, hope she doesn't hear it if that is or, your <laughs> very true very true it's just me and my partner it's us and our families it's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the actual wedding, and it was pretty much just us and our families. Okay. Jeff, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage? A private plane? I'm gambling it all away. My child at home? A fleet of cars? Or a new life? I'd go with a fleet of cars. Cool. Oh. Last question. It's going to decide everything right now. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just whatever you're having? I'd go with Corona. Okay. Any guesses? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Dom. He was he wasn't Dom until the very last question. He was he wound up being Dom just barely Ugh. surpassing Brian. Ooh. The Corona did it. At two points in the quiz, you uh, you had different answers. I don't know if we've ever had them before, but they're going to remain a mystery for now. But here we go. Mm. Dominic Toretto. Jeff, let's see if this sounds like you. Okay. Your stoic attitude is intimidating. Your cool demeanor under pressure is inspiring. And your expertise under the hood is envied. But all these pale in comparison to your loyalty to your family. You may claim to live your life a quarter mile at a time, but there's nothing you wouldn't do for the people in your life. And at the end of the day, nothing makes you happier than throwing something on the grill and sharing a few Coronas with your familia, and you drive Drive like like the the wind wind blows. (laughs) Is that you? Does that sound like you? That sounds like like a good chunk of my personality. Cool. (laughs) Perfect. Good. We knew knew I was Dom. We, uh, we We have a couple Doms. I feel like, you know, it's the anger... It's the it's the fleet of, cars. fleet of cars and it's the Corona. I think those are three of the ones that it's just uh, really did them in. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. there's there's a lot worse people to be than Dom. Dom's a great answer. Sure. So now we need to play this ain't no ten second race, aka boy do we have a podcast for you. So now Jeff, the way we play this game is we go on Twitter.com. You might be familiar right. with it. We each find any tweet that we think we could reply to 
from the Too Fast Too Forever Twitter handle with, boy, do we have a podcast for you, and link them to the show page. And the goal of this game is to get them to like or retweet or reply to the tweet. Basically, try to encourage people to listen to the show. So while you take the time to find a tweet, if you want to just DM it to me or email it to me, whatever is easiest to get it over to me, just take a couple minutes, find one. But I'm going to review last game, last episode's play. So right now. Okay. On Tokyo Drift. We have Dan Hamamura of yes. Pajiba. I found Suko at Suko Jones. It's a horrible injustice that another year has gone by where the precious gorilla that shaped our lives has rotted in jail. Today, let's mm. celebrate his 25th birthday with great hope that we can prove his innocence once and for all. Hashtag justice for DK. And then a picture of N64 circa or <laughs> N64 era Donkey Kong tied to a ball and chain. Boy, do we have a, have a podcast, podcast for, for you. <laughs> I just threw this out there. I was like, it's a dumb tweet. And Suko replied. So I get five points. Oh. Also, I do want to point out, Jeff, that this game, very, very difficult. So like, assume that you're going to get zero points. points. There's no wrong way to play it. But now, Joe, I'm within five of you. I mean, you still have to go here, but you're at 25. I'm at 20 and a half. Kara at 14. Mike at nine. Mariness and Nicole at seven and six. So, you know, there's okay. I'm catching up slowly but surely. Ain't no 10 second race. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Okay, Joe, you found Sleezo at Feniopogene. DK <laughs> in Tokyo Drift is so cool, dog. Boy, do we, we have a podcast for you. for you. Nothing. Damn. And then Dan found which movie is your favorite start to finish from Zion Chilliamson at PSG Wizard. It was a poll with Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Tokyo Drift, and Fast and Furious. Boy, do we have a, have a podcast, podcast for you. you. It got a like. Who liked it? Oh, Kate Hudson liked it. Mm, so doesn't Kate, count. Kate's showing some respect, some love to her coworker. Does not count, though. Only one for three, but, you know, the good guy has got five in that one. I'm, uh, I'm uh, oh. making a charge. I'm making a charge. Okay. My tweet's from Miles at 55 underscore Mr. underscore FUBU. Fast and the Furious movies and Step Up movies are the defining guilty pleasure films. Oof. Like, technically, they're ass, but they're just so fun that they can't suck. Boy, <laughs> do we. We have a podcast for you, Miles. Two podcasts for you, really, That's right? what I'm saying, right? Oh, Twitter changed their whole thing. I forgot. Now you can, like, yeah, you can restrict who replies to you and everything like that. So. He loves cool. Scott Pilgrim, starter headbands. I think Miles is part of our team. He just doesn't know it yet. Cool. Jeff, have you found a tweet yet? Uh, this one is from at its fuse in Kobo. Sure. And yeah. they <laughs> tweeted, Tokyo Drift is the best Fast and Furious film they ever made. Boy, do we, do we have a podcast. Have a podcast for you. For you. <laughs> That's a good one. I was actually going to pick a tweet that was like, Fast and Furious sucks. Tokyo Drift sucks. And they should have stopped after seven. Why are they still making these? <laughs> but I, did, I chose not to give that guy any. With our man Miles here, who's going to reply and be like, oh, damn. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not going to do this one, but I'm going to do one that's quoted from this one. So, okay. So Fox 6 Milwaukee posted a thing two hours ago, just in. I saw the drive-in movie season starts Friday night in Franklin with Onward and Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. And then Cinders 23 Mm -hmm. says, at The Rock, see you at the drive-in Friday night inaugural movie Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Smiley face emoji, clapping emoji, heart emoji, hashtag Franklin, (laughs) Wisconsin, hashtag yay. Well, Cinders, boy, do we. 
have a it's podcast for you. for you. Cinders, you know, there's there's nothing that goes along with waiting in a car for a movie than podcast. Quality podcast. I thought you were going to do this. My friend just sent me this meme. I'm going to repost it. Like, I just didn't post it because we started recording, like, right as, we, as I got it. Mm-hmm. It's a DM conversation between, like, some guy and Fox 59 News. And it's like, hello, I saw your story on street racing, and it compelled me to come forward with some very valuable information. And they're like, feel free to share what you know. And he's like, Hector is going to be running three Honda Civics with spoon <laughs> engines. And on top of that, he went into Harry's and bought three T66 turbos with NOS and a Motec exhaust system. Send that to me on Facebook and I'll just, I'll add that to the thing. I won't count it for points, but we need it's to. Not, it's to. not a thing. Like, I took a picture. It was like a screenshot of a screenshot. So like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And it was like, thanks for sharing. I'll pass this along to the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sharing that as a meme like as soon as we finish. I love it. I love it. It's so good. I know. All right, Jeff, we've got one. one more game to play. It's called Dude, What's My Car? And this actually might be, I'm guessing, Joe, this could oh, be the first time Please. he's on your team. So, Jeff, what we do is we have listeners email in pictures of cars. Because as I'm sure you may have noticed when you talk about cars, I just sort of recede to the background and Joe is able to actually converse with you. Because Joe knows about cars and I don't. So people email in cars and I try to describe them and get <laughs> Joe to guess them. Usually leading with helpful things like it's red. Um, there are yeah. more than one set of headlights. In this game, you can either help me give clues or you can help Joe guess. What would you like to do? I'll go with the guessing. Okay. Please, yes. Because oh, we have almost all of our guests on here, like, love, I mean, they all love the movies, but they also don't seem to care about cars. So this is, this is a nice turnaround. Yeah, please. Let's go. Let me bring up the one. This is from Coast Always. Remember, he wrote in. Yeah. In March, Michael. So I need to, I, he sent me the picture of the car and then I had to email, but like, uh, what is this? Because again, I don't know cars. Uh, this wheels. game is a lot of fun, man. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're on my team this time. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's silver or gray, okay. one or the other. Um, I got to figure out what, what nationality this is. If it's something super exotic, like. It's not. It's, um, it's Japanese. Okay. okay. Um, and it's from the 70s, this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, this car that we're guessing is a two-door car. It looks very similar to a lot of the cars in the movies that we've been watching, Joe. It's sort of got that similar kind of body. It's a very kind of long car. Not overly long, but a long car, a low okay. car. You you would tell, like, even I would know that this is a car from the 70s. Like, it just looks like it's from the 70s. Is it a Datsun? It, it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but you have to guess what type of car it is. And maybe it's, right. it's going to be easy. There's... One set of, I, I'm looking at it at mostly a side angle, a tiny bit of profile, so I can see a tiny bit of the front in this picture. It is, there's, it looks like one set of headlights. It's sort of around, like a fairly large, but not overly large circle. There's the yellow, I guess, fog lights or whatever, or maybe just the hazard lights on the side. Okay. The grill is pretty straightforward, just, you know, horizontal lines going across. There's, in the middle of the grill, there is a metallic protrusion, extrusion that goes across, but not like sticking out overly far. <laughs> Um, again, I might not. It has a tiny, tiny spoiler in the back. Okay. Is it a Datsun Z? It, it Z is in the name. Oh, I can't remember the model 240, number. 240ZX. No, it's you're close. I don't know. I don't know. 200ZX. Wrong way. Fuck. 260. Keep going. 280. 280Z. There we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Jeff, how much fun is that game? It's hard. I mean, he got it really quick. quick. I know you really quick. I heard seventies and I heard Japanese, and so my but he like didn't know what the Japanese was. That's always a good exactly. So yeah, so this one is he said the Michael said it's the last year before Datsun rebranded to Nissan in the U.S. That's so cool. This is actually a really fucking cool car, actually. 
Isn't this the car that um fucking Han has? Isn't this like the car that he has in like Han's garage? Like this is like oh Sun Kang like, one. Sun yeah, Kang like Sun Kang, Kang owns one. Yeah, I think so. He oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, he has a two forty Z. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, this car looks like it would belong in any of those movies. Yeah, and it's super badass. This would this would actually be like a really cool car to have. You know, like I would I would always want something more rare. I was yeah. actually calling my dad because because we were watching the Italian job and I was like dad and I was like talking to him about those Fiat Dinos and I was like hey, do you know these like have you ever seen one of these like how fucking cool is this car and we were just like gushing about the Fiat Dinos after I watched that movie for a while. So actually here's a question for the two of you and this what? is something that I was I, I, I hesitated I didn't say because I didn't want to get yelled at but uh, when you were talking about the, the new Supra I just googled before the 2020 Supra and this kind of body type looks sort of like the 2020 Supra. Is that fair to say or is that not fair to say? I think it's cl- it's roundy and has like a big nose. I mean yeah. I think yeah it's like the, the big engine bay and like it's a two-door coupe. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty comparable. I mean, I, I'm surprised you didn't get it when I just said it was gray, but you know, you got it pretty fast, so it's it's not <laughs> not too bad, not yeah, too bad man. whatsoever. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. This was a yeah, lot of fun. You, Glad to have your insights onto Fury Seven. I like your tie up one box, open another box. It's a very good way to look at this movie. It's a movie in transition. So, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it was definitely fun chatting about one of my movie passions. <laughs> good, wonderful. So now, if people want to find you online, find more of you on Twitter or anywhere else. Is there anywhere that you want people to find you online? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm at J underscore legs. Perfect. L-E-G-S. Wonderful. Easy. Very easy. And we will tag you in this. This episode comes out Tuesday, so not that far off. So we'll tag you then. But very, very cool. Well, thank you. And so, Joe, on Friday, our next episode, we talked yes. about it last time. We are watching. What is Back it? I don't Future. remember. Back to the Yes. Future. That's right. I forgot we're watching Back to the Future. Okay, yep. cool. It's Jake's pick. It's his patron pick over for oh, Patreon. Yes. So we're going to cover that on Friday. So I'm very excited to watch that. Cool. Same. And then next week, I'm not going to announce it yet, but next week we have a theme week. We have another theme week, two related sort of kind of movies coming up next week. There's a little bit of a teaser. We'll tell you more next time. Okay. But but for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me send in your new rankings send yeah. in whatever have we we haven't asked for anything else in a while have we it's been no. sort of uh just you know just say hi let us know how you're doing in quarantine family at Which, oh, i got a question i got a question guys where is the first place you want to go to when quarantine ends oh give yourself some light at the end of the tunnel when this ship breaks what's the first place you want to go to it can be a restaurant it can be a destination a city it can be a vacation i'd probably drive straight up back to the bay area and see family it's been word perfect i get a lot of family answers people are saying a lot of family i want to go somewhere that like i can be left alone with good food so i'm planning a vacation but i don't know where yet i don't have a distinct answer there's a lot of places that i want to go to mainly on a plane because like that's part of it like i'm not allowed on planes right you know what i mean like we're not right supposed to be flying so i'm like i'm fucking flying like i said today california go to in and out come back go to texas go to whataburger come back never i was i mean i had trips canceled to austin and to la so i probably pick one of the two of those right either to visit my That's sister or i was supposed to go to la and meet my sister out there for something else cool. so like Very one or answers. the other right so yeah, yeah. I also do feel, and I think we might have even talked about it on this show before, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to stop taking things for granted and, like, assuming that we can just do anything at any point, because, like, yeah. that's not true anymore. Like, you have to, nope. and not in, like, a morbid, like, you could die, but just, like, things might not be available to you. Like, restaurants might close, things might get yeah. shut down, like, make sure you live more life, because it could all go away without, you know, 
true. In a heartbeat. My wife and I, we went on our long belated honeymoon back in November. And uh, <laughs> like in hindsight, it was like, wow, that was, that was crazy timing. But yeah. yeah, Rachel and I were in Hawaii in February and we came back and we were like, oh, shit, shut down. Like immediately. Yeah. Like, I'm with you, brother. Yeah, it definitely put like into hindsight, like being able to just travel and then experience new places Amen. should not be taken for granted. Yeah, nope. But yeah, email family at cageclub.me. Let us know what, uh, where you want to go, what you want to do. I also do want to, it's not a mail to us, but if you remember, Joe, when we did the Tokyo Drift watch along, Wells was talking about wanting to watch The Simpsons on Disney Plus, And I was like, wait, mm. wait, wait. Wait a couple weeks. They're going to fix the aspect ratio. Oh, that's right. Do it right. They, they just announced today that it's going to be fixed next Thursday, the 28th. So as this episode comes out, in two days, Disney Plus will have the correct 4 by 3 aspect ratio for the early oh, episodes. Cool. So I Perfect. emailed that to Wells, and he said, awesome. Thanks for the heads up. I appreciate it. Got a journey ahead of me, but I'm ready. He says, I'm slowly catching up on more and more of the podcast. Soon enough, I'll be back to normal. I miss sending in emails, but I'll be back to form in the coming days. Well, Wells, awesome. we miss you. We miss Everybody you, misses yeah. you. Wells, keep sending those emails. Keep listening. Start watching The Simpsons. You know, it's all coming. It's all coming soon. Family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon at TooFast2Forever.com. Just say hi. Let us know that you're out there. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Jeff Legaspi. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out. Peace out. You, you heinous, heinous peacers. peacers.